Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for worldwide ITSM professionals. Learn more at theitsmreview.com. This podcast is brought to you thanks to our friends at Manage Engine. Manage Engine's portfolio of help desk management solutions, including Service Desk Plus, deliver a comprehensive platform to manage your end users and provide efficient support. Learn more at www.manageengine.com. Welcome to the ITSM Review um, podcast. This is podcast number four. Uh, my name is Barclay Ray and welcome to our, our, our little show. Um, today we're going to be talking um, about our topic for today is knowledge management. I'm really looking forward to having that kind of chat. Um, we have an esteemed guest who's uh, on the line from, from the US. Uh, it's uh, Errol Bergley. Uh, how are you doing, Errol? Doing well, Barclay. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, always, uh, always good to talk to you. Um, and just for those that don't know you, you're from the University of Kentucky. You're the total quality manager. Um, we'll talk more to you um, uh, just uh, presently. We'll start off with some news and, and bits and bobs about the industry. But we'll have a more in-depth chat with you as, as we go, and then we'll go and talk about our topic. Um, so great to have you on the show. And also today, um, don't know what's happened to Rebecca. She's disappeared. She's gone. She's gone off somewhere. So, in her stead, um, a not so esteemed guest. Yeah, it, we, we we drew the short straw, bottom of the barrel. It's Martin Thompson himself. Um, welcome to your own show. Um, Hi, how, are you, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, nice to have you on here. Actually, I haven't been on this. I know you've been doing the ITAM one and some other bits and bobs, but um, podcasting. Podcasting are us, and uh, we're really going to start just by talking about what's happening in the industry at the moment. What's what's been going on? As as I said, um, there was a, there was a, a really good piece on Twitter yesterday. We'll put the link in, but it was it was like fifty completely unexplainable stock photos no one will ever use. It's just weird stuff, and I'm sure that's what Rebecca's doing today. There's things like you know, a nun underwater, and you know, a, a woman being chased by hamburgers, and a guy sleeping on a cake. Um, I'm assuming that those it's one of those kind of things that she's doing today. I think she's been rumbled. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we know that she's she's always up to something. So um, we'll we'll look forward to seeing her back uh, on the next show. But um, let's just talk a little bit about what's happening. So we've got at the moment um, a few things come out this week, um, particularly from Axelos, and and I have to stake my um, my interest here. I've been a little bit part of that, but. Kaimar has led, Kaimar Karu has led a, a, an initiative to promote um, short sprints um, for service improvement. Uh, and myself and Stuart Rance have been involved in that. But I think it's a really good idea in terms of just trying to get information. We provided stuff about what people can do and how they, you know, what kind of value they might get. And so so for, those, for those that aren't familiar with it, would it be useful to go through at a high level what, what, what they're what this whole sprint idea is and what they're trying to do? Yeah, I mean, just just coming on to that, I mean, it, it, it's it's something that, you know, it, the idea is, you know, what can you do in, in a very short burst um, that, that gives you some momentum, gives you some value back? And, you know, I suppose it's a variation on the proof of concept idea, but, you know, actually doing something quickly, collaboratively, um, as, as much as possible, but also things that you can do without having to go through the, long drawn out process of project initiation and governance and so on. So um, the first one is really about, you know, just talking to customers. The second one will be about trying to collect information. Uh, and then after that, I think it's starting to, you know, pull together some 
um, some some useful plans, but also to have actually done some things around CSI register identifying improvements and actually doing them. Um, so it's it's all out there on the Axelis website. It's all sort of something that I think will be good in terms of getting feedback and getting information back. I mean, what, what do you think of it, Martin? I think it's a really good idea. Um, I, I love the fact that it's very um, it's not too structured. You can just dive in and get what you like out of it. Um, I think they've got some great prizes up for grabs, so you need to look at those. My, my only criticism, I guess, is that uh, it's already started. So by the time this podcast goes out, um, you will probably be into the second sprint. And it would have been, in an idea world, perhaps would have been nice to have a bit more notice for people, going, given how busy they are. Um, but no, it's a great idea. I really really like it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the, I mean... I think at the moment, and just by you know through talking to Kaimar and others uh, around Axelis, you know there there's so many things that they're doing and trying to do, and getting them done is is possible, but they they have to move very quickly. Um, I, I I really like more time as well, but I actually think that that's part of the the charm of it is that it's just you know what can we do? Let's do something. Let's just get something going quickly, and we'll it might not be perfect, but. Uh, We'll get some feedback and uh, use that to build our own kind of value propositions and so on. It, it's come out of the work that we started to do on value propositions, which is um, you know actually starting at the right place for what ITIL is, not just saying we've got a bunch of processes. How can we describe them in terms of value? But what is it that it defines value, and then we can work back from there. So um, I think yeah, I think it should be commended on it. And um, Earl, had you heard of that? Had you seen that, or is that something that's used to you? No, I, I uh, saw the tweet when it came out and looked over the uh, content, and I thought, you know, this is a great thing for showing practitioners who uh, I think we get lost a lot of times, and uh, we've got to get this done. How do we get it done quickly? And, and the key point is you don't have to make it perfect. Just mm -hmm. get something down, get something on paper, and then go through yeah. an iteration again. So, you know, I like the fact that this is a two-week cycle. On each of the sprints, there's a defined list of things there, but you're not limited just to doing that. So, you know, it's it's nice that you've got that that set of come out of this cycle with this deliverable. Boom, you're done. You move on to the next two weeks. So, I, I think it's an excellent use of a an agile methodology in in trying to get service management up and going in quickly in areas. And the the prize yeah, is absolutely. The, the prizes they're giving away are not trivial either. It's not like it's an iPad or something. It's actually quite a, uh, a, a tasty bit of uh, uh, value there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, simulation, you know, which is 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 worth a lot of money, um, you know, for an organisation to shell uh, out for. But yeah, I'm absolutely I agree with you. I'm just sort of really good, you know, just that sense of you know, in a, let's not make it perfect um, and let's not try and make it perfect let's just get something done really really good idea okay well we'll see how that rolls out we'll talk about it i'm sure the next time and just see what kind of feedback has, has come there was a, it's quite an interesting little um, thread that came out of our blog this week about um consultants and it, it's one thing that axel said it had i know that have been looking at and I, I don't know where they are with it but you know whether or not consultants should be registered or have some kind of scheme or process um and you know i think in, in theory that's it's, it's quite a noble idea but in practice it, it will be quite difficult and um certainly for me the idea that you know that it probably would end up with something that's a little bit rigid so um i think something that's quite flexible and open and not too inaccessible i think would be would be a good idea 
Um, but the main thing for me is that, you know, that what consultants do and certainly what I've done for the last 20 years is very little idle actually. And mostly it's about people and culture and organization, and management and structure, uh, motivation, mentoring, all those kind of things. And where idle is the context and not the content. The content's out there. You know, the content is, is out there in the world. But... Barclay, to put you on the spot for a second, um, uh-huh. given, given that there might be people listening to this that might are, are, are in a full-time role and have got their eye on the door in terms of being a consultant in the future, how do you, uh-huh. how do you pick up your business as a consultant? Because it's, it's, it's unlikely to come from a register, is it? No, I mean, that, I mean you know, reference, um, credibility, you know, is the main one really, and uh, that's that's the best one. So it's always quite difficult to get started, and you need to find a way in. I'd, I'd change the question though, Martin. I'd, I'd say if somebody's thinking about it, they have to be sure that they understand what the role actually is. And you know, one thing it's not is just simply being an idle expert, um, or being you know somebody who's who's done a lot of service. You know, it's much better that they are experienced. But it, the point being is that. The, the consultancy role is, you know, it has a whole pile of different skills. It's like teaching, you know, just because you know about maths or English or literature or whatever or French doesn't make you a good teacher, you know, whereas you can be quite ordinary at these things and actually be a really good teacher. And, and this, the teaching skills are different. Consultancy skills are different. And you have to be ready and, and to understand and identify whether that's right for you and um, a lot of that is about you know actually being prepared to let other people take the credit not being the hero um, just being a facilitator rather than the leader in many cases there's a whole pile of things like that where in the personality profile type um, you need to, to, to be in the right place I was quite lucky because I was on a management scheme years ago when I worked for and they told me that the, the managers there said to me you have the those characteristics and you, you get things done making a noise you you, you, know, you help people rather than try and just be the one at the front line and whilst I might make a bit of noise in the industry with the client that's my role is to make them this and that doesn't work for everybody not everybody's good at that on on the um subject of making noise in the industry uh, congratulations on your um sits contributor of the year award well done yeah martin i agree uh, barkley is uh, doing a lot of good stuff uh, out in the industry and you know just the itmness goodness uh you know i encourage everybody to go out and take a look at that and, and there's some wonderful simplistic ways to go forward and and make sure that you're delivering the value that you need to deliver in your project you know the, the subjects of uh, uh this consultant register you know i i agree that I'm not sure I understand the, the purpose of it from the standpoint that it's nice to have a list of consultants that are available that uh, uh, somebody would say, hey, these are people you might ought to check. But, you know, how, that's not going to tell me if they fit, you know, my company. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen a bunch of people that have got an idle expert certification that I would never want to have on my project uh, or working for my company to help us get something installed because they're just not a fit for the culture. So yeah, I think it's it's an interesting concept, but I'm not sure the value of it. I guess if you had a like a trip advisor meets service management consultants, whereby you could actually see the ratings and reviews of different consultants, that would be very useful. But I don't, I can't see that happening because companies don't typically write that sort of stuff publicly in the public domain. 
but um, right, I, I, yeah, again, you know, having something you know like a Yelp uh, uh, or a uh, you know like a TripAdvisor to kind of say here, here's the experience we had, and you know we give four stars to that consultant would be wonderful. But I, a little bit scared of what that would do to the industry and how people would perceive and how much how much would people game it to get uh, uh, higher on the list. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, and in the meantime, we've always got LinkedIn. Uh, if you're hunting for people absolutely yeah why don't we have a quick uh look at knowledge oh very good so it was a pleasure to meet you in person at knowledge yes was that your first time no that was my second knowledge um you know again uh, the, just you know it's an interesting event to, to see how that it, uh, has grown over just one year period of uh, going from roughly 4,500 attendees to 6,500 attendees in one year uh it's just kind of like, wow, that's that's a huge jump in, in a conference space. Um, you know, the content that I sat through, and like all conferences, there were hits and misses, and uh, sometimes the sessions were not what they were advertised to be. Uh, and I think in two cases where it went, you know, this what the description just didn't do this, you know, match up to what the, was delivered in the, in the in the presentation. But that, that's bound to happen. Overall, it was. Uh, you know, one of those moments of going, walking away, going, I've walked out with so many useful tips and tricks and uh, came back and immediately able to apply things. So a uh, very good conference from my perspective, uh, from just being able to network with people and uh, take the time to uh, learn new ideas and see how people uh, outside of higher ed are applying that platform and, and using it and to see how the people inside of higher ed are, are innovating with the platform. I, I had this uh, perception before I went that um, quite a lot of the event was about hacking and hackathons and all the rest of it. And whilst that was part of it, and there was quite a few people doing that, it was actually just a tiny fraction of people that were actually attending the event. And uh, I, I found I found it very useful. And, and my sort of takeaway really was the energy. There were so many people fired up and uh, really you know uh, enthusiastic and energetic about what they're doing and um, it's just great energy about the place. I, I agree. Again, talking with so many people and, and getting ideas of uh, and un, you know saying, "Hey, I've got this situation. Have, you know, what did you do?" Just having that opportunity to bounce back and forth and, and uh, learn how they uh, went through the process and what they did and how they did and, and how they used the tool. Uh, but again, interesting and just a very, very informal and uh, unscientific survey. You know, not going beyond the, the three cores of uh, incident management, problem management, change management. Everything seems to still be focused around those three processes, uh, and you, you you see a little bit of people going beyond. But they're, you know, I don't know if it's because of, of maturity of how we're approaching service management, or if it's just that we don't see the, the opportunity to get into these other core or other processes to make things better in the organization. Are you back with us, Barkley? Yeah, I decided to come back, yeah. Just before you crashed, we were complimenting you on your Contributor of the Year Award at SITS. Thank you very much. Yep, delighted, surprised, um, very much cheered because it was voted by, by the industry. So, yeah, that was a really, really nice thing to happen. Well done. So what, what were your takeaways from uh, SITS? I think there's a few things. I mean, there was the whole thing about customer experience and I mean that was the paper that was done as well but you know there's a lot of discussion just when I was talking on my stand and to others about 
actually that that that's the right topic we're talking about now. We're talking about the thing that I, I guess trumps SLAs and it trumps a lot of the sort of ITIL driven approach. You know, ITIL and SLAs and those things are components, but they're not the they're not the objective. So I think people are really getting a focus on that and that whole thing around about people serving people, people interacting with people human to human, not B to C or B2B and tests come through a lot of stuff about continual service improvement, really making that work. Um, and actually the presentation I did on respect the service that's got a really has had a really good response. Um, lots of people came up and said, Oh, great to hear you talking about that and basically just saying it still gets forgotten about, still gets ignored, bypassed, um, and not fully respected as as, as it should be in, in, in IT organizations. Yeah, and I agree. I go back to you know, the uh, your uh, award for this year, and congratulations on that as well. Uh, but the simple fact of, of having the IT goodness statements that you've put out, and just you know, that is a constant reminder to me that just keep it simple. You don't have to overthink these things. And you know, just you know, what is it that your organization needs? What is your the business units inside the organization needs? Make IT a partner in helping them get what they need done. Uh, and you know, don't overthink this thing. Just go out there and, and put in place what needs to be. We can buy all these wonderful, expensive tools, but they don't mean anything if you don't sit down and put something tangible together that gets you to a, an appropriate outcome. Absolutely. I'm just going to move on a little bit. Other conferences uh, are available, of course. Um, we have the SDI conference in the UK coming up in June, which is always. And if you haven't been to that one, that one is. It's a smaller conference. It doesn't have a big exhibition, but it's it's always great fun. And it's always really well managed. I always really, really enjoy watching the tweet stream come out of that conference. Yeah, it's it's probably the you know, I mean that's an organisation and, and approach that you know has got customer service, uh, customer experience a long time ago, um, and you know part of the whole respect agenda thing. I think you know is, is you go to that conference and and you see that people really get it. Um, but that one's coming up, uh, and also we have the ITSMF UK conference later in the year. Just on that, and I know Martin is speaking, I'm speaking as well, but I got the things through slightly odd um, format change where a lot of the sessions are being paired, so you have two people in the same room at the same time. Um, and I've asked ITSMF about it, but I haven't had a response yet, so I'm not going to dwell on that too much, but it is a little bit odd. I, I, did you see that, Martin? Uh, yeah, well, well, first of all, uh, thank you for to ITSMF for letting us uh, let, letting me speak on the on the track. So I'm a bit of a software asset management and IT asset management geek, and uh, it's good to see that ITSMF are you know breaking from the usual subjects and expanding the reach. So that's good. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, I, I actually quite like the idea of these these merged tracks because I think back to Birmingham, whereby the tracks were actually in different rooms on different floors on different levels and it was actually quite a trek to get between different places so if you can mash together two similar sessions um and get the same value out of that without moving around i think that's a good thing um and i think at the end of the day that they're experimenting you know they're trying different things and that should be that should mm -hmm. be congratulated no absolutely I, I think you know any any attempt to freshen it up and liven it up is, is a good one i just I just haven't really understood it yet. That, that's my problem. I'm, I'm obviously old. I mean, I, you know, it takes me a while to, uh, to waking up in the morning. Um, but uh, hopefully, I'll have a conversation about that um, uh, in, in, in due course. And I've, I mean, there's also the lead it 
converse, um, conference in Australia late uh, later in the year, which I think from ITSM review point of view is going to be quite interesting as well because you're going to be doing the uh, media partnership for that. Yeah, we look very much looking forward to that. We're going to um, send some guys from the ITSM review team down to Australia to do some coverage down there so that we can spread the word and hoping to do a pit stop in uh, India which is uh, a huge audience for us for the ITSM review and very much looking forward to connecting with people down there as well. Great. So it all sounds very international and global and uh, moving forward. Um, okay, well, and, and just one last thing is, is also this new initiative around about knowledge, um, which I know this is something you're just kicking off the moment and I think April Allen's involved in that, is that right? Yeah, so this is something that we've been brewing for quite a while and if you look at the LinkedIn groups, there's a there's a huge amount of people in those groups and we have Facebook groups discussing ITSM topics as well. But what what tends to happen is, and this hopefully lends itself to the knowledge management discussion we'll have in a second, is that a lot of the good stuff actually gets lost in the cracks. So you could get somebody contributing some amazing advice or guidance and something else more, you know, more recent pops up in the stream and it gets lost. So what we're looking to do is curate a Q&A forum on the ITSM review and actually tag and categorize and moderate it so that it stays clean and useful. And uh, the most common questions, because this is another criticism of um, LinkedIn, is that you get the same old questions popping up, is is moderate it and um, um, clip the most useful stuff into a knowledge base if we can. So that's something we'll be kicking off in the next... uh, next month or so. Uh, we've got a discussion document up on the ITSM review. We'd very much welcome the feedback of anyone that's interested in that and um, has some feedback. Okay, we'll look forward to that. I mean, I'd say that uh, it's not so much the same old questions coming up. I, I think that's understandable. It's when you get the same old answers, you know, and, or you get 20 versions of the same answer, uh, which is, and everybody having to have their say and chip in. That's when, that's what really switches me off. Um, so if you've got a nice, as you say, a nice clean and tidy way of managing that, that's uh, sounds like a great idea. Okay, um, let's move on. Really, just want to have a chat now with Errol and just understand a little bit more about you know what makes you tick and and give us a quick sketch, Errol, of you know how you got into IT and IT service management. You know, you've been at the university for fifteen years, is that right? That's correct. So how I got into IT, uh, I started out life to be an accountant and took uh, one uh, uh, accounting course in college and decided nope, not for me. Uh, so I got a degree in business management, uh, did a, a basically a job search over summer, didn't find anything, went back to college, got an, a second degree in computer information systems. And that's kind of what, uh, what got me in the IT field. So I started out uh, life working at an uh, automotive parts supplier manufacturing uh, facility, doing basically just desktop support, uh, land management, uh, pulling cable, things of that nature. Uh, moved to the university a few years later, uh, still doing desktop support, got the opportunity to uh, start leading a couple of teams. Uh, so I managed the data center team and the service desk team for several years, then picked up the desktop support team. Uh, then an opportunity came open and started doing the service management work. So that's kind of the, the short version of how I got to where I am today. Okay, well, I mean that's that's that sounds like a you know a really solid um, background there. I mean, you, I mean you're one of those those folks that's really active on social media, I and mean, that's certainly how I came to know of you. And I know we actually met earlier this year. It's it just sort of really interesting how 
you know, you'll have some people who are doing, still doing the job um, that don't do that and others that do. What, what kind of drew you into that? I mean, what do, what do you get out of that yourself? Because you, you share a lot of stuff, you write blogs and stuff, but what does it do for you um, as, as a practitioner that maybe those people out there listening who maybe don't engage with it might benefit from? Well, you know, again, you look at, at where we're at today and, and, you know, the ability to share information is so easy compared to just five years ago. Um, you know, it used to be whoever was in my little local network is who I talked to and got ideas from, uh, you know, and didn't extend beyond uh, my immediate workplace or uh, the surrounding, you know, towns and counties that I, that I inhabited. But now I have this ability to reach out to people across the globe and to uh, gain information and, and find that really true best practice that works to, to help my organization move forward. Uh, so that's what, you know, that's the, the, what I get out of it. Uh, the other part that I, I look at it is, is the sharing from my perspective is because I don't know who needs what out there. It's important for me just to give uh, out there to the community to say, hey, here's something. I found it interesting. I don't know if it'll help you or not, but here it is. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, no problem. Uh, you know, but just trying to, trying to look at that and, and share a set of knowledge in an informal way just to help us all understand how this all works better. I think it's probably important okay. to say as well that when you uh, – correct me if you um, disagree here, Earl, but when you blog and when you start articulating yourself, um, you actually – it helps your own learning process, doesn't it? Because you're getting your thoughts in order and you're actually um, thinking about what you've learned in order to write. So that it really helps your own learning process as well. It absolutely does. As, as sitting down and, and, and putting pen to paper really uh, helps the clarity of how I think about uh, the things that I know. Uh, it helps me understand what I don't know uh, and, and where I need to go do more research and understand how other people think. Being able to look at other people's opinions and to uh, have that wealth of information to understand here's what worked for them, here's the context of how it worked. Uh, that's that's critical, uh, you know, critical to to my learning and growing. Uh, you know, sitting down and just reading, uh, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. As as I found a staff the other day that was talking about, the majority of college graduates once they exit college never pick up a book again, and that's just mind-boggling to me that uh, wow. the, you know, the people stop stop that process. So if if anything out there, you know, read if it's just five ten pages of something a day. Just read to get the insight of, of what's going on, and uh, you know, keep in, keep honing that skill of learning on a daily basis. Because when it boils down to it, at the end of the day, it's it's not what you know; it's it's how you apply it. And you've got to go out there and take take all these bits and pieces and figure out how to put it into a cohesive uh, unit of work to help people move forward. Well, what would you say then? Um, because I mean, that that's, that's a really interesting. Uh, refreshing approach as well, you know, the continue, everybody should be continuing, continuing to learn. So, I mean, the role that you've got now, which I think you said is total quality manager, what, what does that include? So is that CSI, you know, in, in, the, in, in ITIL speak, are we talking about service improvement, continual service improvement, or, or what does that entail for you? Right, so, so what that entails is, is, is basically kind of a three-pronged uh, approach is, as I oversee uh, a service delivery for the IT shop as a whole. 
uh, making sure that we are delivering on our promises uh, to the customer base and that, uh, you know, that we're looking, uh, I kind of own the core processes uh, and help the teams understand how to adopt and apply those into their work environment. And then uh, finally is obviously the continuous improvement cycle of looking at where are we today and how can we make it better. How does that um, work with, do you have like business engagement people on the ground to help you or how, how does that work? Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, we, um, our senior management team is, is kind of that business engagement uh, role and they go out and meet with the deans and faculty in the college and of course we have a medical school attached to the university as well. Um, and, but, you know, trying to understand all of those uh, disparate needs across the university. The university has uh, roughly uh, uh, 25 to 30,000 students in it, uh, about uh, 15,000 uh, staff and, and faculty members. So, you know, a, a lot of functions going on uh, that make this university tick and run. Uh, so you have to understand all those components. So we go out and try to gather those and try to help the agencies get to where they need to help uh, the, you know, because in the end of the day is, is we don't really in IT touch the, the, the final customer of a being that being a student or a patient of the university. We're typically interacting with the people who work with a, that group uh, of the students and, and patients. So, um, you know, we have to understand at the end of the day, you know, how what we do impacts that student how it makes them, uh, uh, you know, it, you know, does, does what we do help a student decide to stay at the university versus leave and go to a different university? Uh, you know, just making sure that we're doing the things to help the business get what they need, but that we're doing things that make the university successful in the process. Sounds absolutely um, aligned with, you know, just focusing on outcomes and and you know we talk about customer experience but today it's also talking about student experience um what then i mean if we move on to knowledge management and, and as, as a general topic how, how does that help you al what, what sort of things are, are are you using or aspects of knowledge management whether that's structured or not to improve that service experience so this is a is a fairly something something we've gotten into in the last six months. Right now our knowledge is pretty much tribal and uh, based on what's in somebody's head. Uh, we don't have a good documentation stream on it uh, and you know so we're sitting down and starting to try to look at what is the process that we're going to go through to capture this information, how do we use it in the workflow, and, and how do we start standardizing the things that should be standardized and running uh, uh, you know, appropriate case management on those that can't be standardized. So it's it's one of those things with, again, there's literally hundreds of little businesses inside the university, just having a documentation stream of who does what uh, and being able to point uh, uh, people to the right division to get something done is, is a critical function on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, being able to understand here are, the, here are all the different software packages out there and how they're used, uh, and then here's the support plan for each of those, critical to how we operate. So those are the things that going back and looking and, and, and saying, in order for us to be a better organization, we have to master that and, and make sure that we're do, you know helping those customers who contact us get the right thing on the first attempt. So that it's, it's a very tough thing to do. Do you have a practical example of that? I mean, it, it, 
sorts of activities are people actually doing to to make that work? Uh, one of our examples is we uh, have basically what's called telephone operations. So this is, is the the main contact of, uh, service for the university. If you, you dial the main number, you get one of these operators. And uh, you again, it's it's general inquiry. There is no set. You're only going to get this set of of, of uh, questions asked to you. It could be anything from I'm you know I'm trying to pay a bill to I'm trying to find my son who hasn't contacted me in six weeks and I or you know just an, any number of things that can happen. So uh, you know just the simple things of, of a person calling into the university that uh, uh, and may ask a ludicrous question and how do you help take care of them and and do those things. Uh, more specifically for IT is just simply you know lo looking at going how do you help those people who are trying to get work done uh, make that happen timely, quickly, and efficiently. Uh, you know, password resets or password resets. Can you do that quickly and easily? Can we? You know, and we're we're starting to talk about how do we not take that call and get it automated so that we don't have to. Uh, uh, have the customer be burdened with a phone call into us, but you know, again, are we using a set of practices documented to handle that calls consistently the same time every way? So th those are the things we're looking at, and like I said, we're still very immature in in how we're doing this. Uh, and I challenged my service desk manager the other day, just simple this, is saying if you have a knowledge document, is your agent required to use it? You know, how do we know that they're using, uh, how are we going to know that they are doing the things we're asking them to do versus just, oh, I know what I'm doing and, and I step forward. So, I, you know, I think there's a lot of thoughts you've got to put into a knowledge management process to make sure that you're doing the right things. At the same point in time, keeping this as simple as possible and not trying to overcomplicate it. Uh, I think that's the death knell to most knowledge management systems is that we immediately look at it and go, let's throw everything in the kitchen sink in, and people go, nope, I don't have time to do that, and I'm not going to use it. It's one of the things, having a really clear set of objectives, because, I mean, knowledge knowledge is a whole number of things, but I think in terms of systems and, and approach, it is about being specific, you know, so you get the right piece of information to the right person at the right time, and that requires... I mean, I've, I've seen some cases that I've worked with some organizations where the, the best results came when they had a very clearly defined objective for an area of knowledge. You know, it, it would be to, I don't know, reduce into volumes or, uh, you know, push stuff to the center or speed up resolution times or that kind of, I mean, is that something that you've looked at in terms of goal setting behind it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you know, I, I kind of equate this as one of the things we're trying to build in the culture right now is that we start every meeting discussing what is the mission and vision of what we're doing for that particular uh, uh, meeting, and getting people, you know, to understand this is the objective we're driving for and why we're driving for it. Uh, because you know, I think it's important, Markley, and to make sure that people say, you know, it's one thing to say this is the objective, but you got to tell people the why. And not having that why gets lost in translation a lot of times, and, and people start going, "Well, I don't know why we're doing this. We're just told to do it." Um, wow. You know, having that ability to sit down with people and say, "You know, look, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to reduce the number of phone calls we get on System X. Here's how we're trying to do it. Help us work through that." That that helps all the the agencies inside of IT come together to get on board with the and and then reach out to the. The user community to say, "Hey, we're trying. We're trying to make this better for you. 
what do you see that's working or not working and what information do you have? Uh, we had a case the other day where things just weren't clicking. We sat down and talked with that user base for 10 minutes and went, oh, you didn't tell us that you had this intermediate step. Now we got it. We've got it. We get documented it. And boom, we're done. We can get move forward. And it, and it works much better today. And, the, and, you know, again, the satisfaction levels up on both the, the end user side and the agent side. Well, that plays really well to the, you know, what we were saying earlier about, you know, nothing like human to human interaction. That's where you'll find that out. Um, we can't have a process forever, you know, by trying to have everything in a process nailed down or, or over engineered, that's when we end up having gaps. Um, and like Martin's saying about so much knowledge does disappear. Um, it, it's how you capture it in one place or, or from a holistic perspective, I, I guess. Um, Errol, I mean, that's really fascinating stuff. I, I just really want to kind of like ask you one thing finally, because we just need to watch our time here. But, you know, what, what have you learned from this process so far? I mean, whether that's specifically in the last year or so from looking at this or, or in the last three years from the total quality management point of view, what, what, what nugget of information might you pass on to somebody else who's starting out doing this? What, what have you gathered in the last period that you didn't know before? Yeah, I think, you know, my big takeaway, number one, is keep it simple. Um, when I started this, you know, was, was trying to do it perfectly. That's just not a good place to be. It was, it was much better once I accepted the fact that I was not going to write it perfectly out of the gate just to get something down and go try it and then do an iteration. Uh, and, and go try it again and iterate again, you know, just and keep that cycle until you got it where it needed to be. Um, you know, I was sitting there just taking weeks and weeks and weeks to get stuff on paper because I was trying to figure out every nuance. Uh, and you're just you're not going to do that, so don't don't attempt it. Just get something down, go through it the first time, make your changes, go back through it a second time, make your changes, and just keep that process going. Um, the second thing I think you know you take out of this is, is that regardless of the level of training you've had, you can always learn something new, uh, and uh, you know, like I, I know a lot of people who hold an idle expert certification that I would never want around my uh, project trying to help because I just don't think they understand what's going on. Uh, but there's a bunch of people who have never officially had training that really can sit down and give you a lot of good information. Uh, yeah. At the same point in time, is it sitting down and saying you got to build trust in your team? And, and you've got to build trust with your end users, and you've got to build trust with your customers, and, and you've got to have all those people on board to help you get where you need to be. That's one of my uh, takeaways from knowledge. Oh, I don't know if you were in this session from, I think he was from Toyota, and he said um, the first thing about ITIL is not to call it ITIL. If, if you can't translate what you've learned in ITIL to business terms, then don't even open your mouth. Yeah, it's interesting, Martin, because one of the things is, as you and I both uh, uh, listened to Fred Letty's uh, speech uh, keynote one day, uh, and it was pointed out to me a little later in the day that in no time during his uh, hour and a half talk did the term idle or uh, IT service management come up. It was talking about this is what you do for outcomes, this is what you do for the business. And, and I agree, we've got to get away from the terminology of, of trying to think of things of, in idle as a cookbook of how to do things. Um, it's not a recipe. 
you've got to be a creative chef when you go out and, and start uh, mixing the batter together. Could, could I, sorry, sorry to extend things, Barkley. I know you're trying to wrap things up, but um, can I just ask you one final question about knowledge, Earl? Sure, um, absolutely. And, and, and that's what, what is knowledge to you in terms of what format is it? I know this is a bit of a technical question, but what does it have to be like an authored document for you to constitute knowledge or what, what different forms does it actually take? Well, you know, it's, it's, that's a, a fabulous question, Martin, and I'm not sure that I've got a good answer for you. And that's because I think we're still exploring that. Um, obviously is we're going to view the world as if we don't have a written document on a particular set of information, it may not be considered knowledge in our system. At the same point in time, we know lots and lots of people have these bits and pieces tucked away in their brains or on a scrap of paper somewhere. Uh, so, you know, it's an evolving standard in my head right now of what we consider knowledge. There, right to, to me today, it's everything that potentially can help you improve your operation. Uh, so it's it's the uh, the brain the brain dumps. It's the scraps of notes. It's the uh, formal documents, it's the uh, online resources, uh, you know, so it's, it's, and then the bigger part of this is then figuring out how to federate all that to get it into a usable format for your agents. Sure, sure. Could I add to that as well? Because I mean, I, I think that's, that's a really good description. And I, I think it, you know, we should distinguish between, you know, expertise and knowledge, certainly, because I mean, you know, people, people have, to, people do have skills and professional knowledge and expertise and capabilities of, of doing things. Knowledge is stuff that they will use to get a particular job done. Or if you didn't know about that piece of information, um, you know, you would be restricted or prevented or slowed down in actually solving it. But I, I agree. I think it could be anything. I, I don't think, I think we, we've following on from what you're saying about, you know, the, the whole sort of idle language, we, we've created the expectation that everything will be, a knowledge article in a database somewhere that has to be curated and, and you know all that kind of good stuff which in many cases it is but not necessarily i think it can be you know a list is a use a checklist of it or a list of information that is, is, a, is a piece of knowledge because it, it's going to help you to do something um and i think we need to just free up all those some of those definitions so that we don't get too bound down by trying to squeeze it all into you know a knowledge base um a knowledge base isn't the knowledge it's, it's the you know the, the sort of dikw model it's the wisdom is is what you do with that knowledge so how very often how you present it and where you present it and in what format you present it hugely impacts the the value of that knowledge because if it's not presented appropriately then that person can't do anything with it so um I think that's you know it's a really fascinating insight though, um, particularly around what you're saying about keeping it simple and getting away from the kind of structure of you know just just everything everything being run through ITIL. Um, so um, yeah, really fascinating stuff. Thank you very much. Great to have you on. Thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you're very welcome, and I uh, look forward to hearing more from you and, and seeing more from you on on social media. Um, I think we're just, just about out of time there. So thank you very much to Earl, Earl Begley. And very quick parting shot from me is uh, just as we record this, um, Zendesk have gone through their IPO on the New York Stock Exchange at uh, 
100 million. So congratulations to them. We've got another publicly listed uh, company in the service management space. So well done to them. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm, I'm constantly amazed how many companies and how many new ones or how many big ones still seem to be finding different ways, creative ways of uh, getting business. So that's, that's one very creative thing about our market, I think, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, I look forward to speak to you the next time. Uh, our next topic will be service level management, uh, which will be in mid-June. But until then, um, from the ITSM Review Podcast, it's goodbye. This podcast is brought to you thanks to our friends at Manage Engine. Manage Engine's portfolio of help desk management solutions, including Service Desk Plus, deliver a comprehensive platform to manage your end users and provide efficient support. Learn more at www.manageengine.com.